This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Nat and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, Matt and Lori Crouch host New York Times best-selling author, Rabbi Jason Sobel. They discuss how to connect the dots of scripture hidden in plain sight and unveil divine connections from Genesis to today. Rabbi Jason Sobel, the author of Mysteries of the Messiah, brand new book. Okay, unpack it. What are we going to be talking about for one hour? Well, you might not be able to tell, but I'm Jewish. So shalom, baruchim, habayim, welcome. Thank you. you. I'm actually from the Holy Land, New Jersey, where there are more Jews than in Jerusalem. I love it. Love that. And in our new book, uh, Mysteries of the Messiah, it's really discovering the mysteries of Jesus, Yeshua in the Old Testament. You know, I have found so many people settle for half an inheritance. Wow. Christians tend to be very much into the New Testament. Jews tend to be into the Old Testament. Jesus, his Hebrew name, Yeshua, says, what can a scribe who understands the kingdom of God be compared to like a householder that brings forth treasures new and old? So the full inheritance is being able to connect the old and the new, seeing Jesus revealed throughout the entirety Mm. of scriptures. And I think that's so important because revelation leads to transformation. Mm. There's a transformation that occurs when we experience the revelation of God throughout the scriptures. And I'll never forget when I was going out around the Super Bowl time a few years ago, I decided I'm going to splurge and buy an HD TV. Got it. And I watched the entire game, the Super Bowl, so excited. <laughs> and I thought, wow, this is going to be awesome. And I was like, I was watching, I was like, this isn't that great. And towards the end of the game, I'm flipping through the channels, and I realized I watched the whole game in standard definition because I didn't realize the higher channels at the time were the high definition. And when I saw it, it made a difference. Yes. And you know what? People are reading the Bible in standard definition. Oh, wow. When you see how the old and the new connect, it makes the scriptures come alive. It transforms the way you understand the Bible, the way you understand God, and that's what Mysteries of the Messiah is about. Mm. It's that road to Emmaus experience. After his death, two of the disciples are dejected. They're walking back thinking Mm. it's finished, it's over, we missed it. And what happens? Jesus disguised, they didn't know who he was, began to teach him. Then their eyes were open when he broke bread and they realized that this was Jesus and they said, didn't our hearts burn mm. as he showed us how everything in the law, the prophets, and the writings pointed to him? My goodness. And that's what happens. There's a burning. There's a transformation. There's a revelation that occurs when we understand Jesus is woven throughout every single detail of the Hebrew scriptures. There is revealed revelation, the simple basic truth, and there is 
concealed revelation. And it says in Proverbs that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of the king to search these things out. We are children of the king and we need to search these things out because it will change our lives. Wow. Basically, let me say one other thing about you as we get into it and we want to get into one of these mysteries. Love the way that you introduced that, by the way. Beautiful, oh, beautifully well done. Yeah. Uh, the Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi. You yeah. did a book with Kathy Lee. Uh, we interviewed Kathy Lee on the subject of that. And I remember one of the things that, just one little part of that, just literally changed scripture. You talk about going from standard definition to high yeah. definition. One time I said, Kathy Lee, give, it, give, give me something that, that based upon getting to know Jason Sobel, uh, you know, change. She, go, she goes, okay, let me, you know, the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Well, guess what? You and I are not going to go out here to the court and dunk a basketball. Right. Okay. Neither one of you. Ne you neither you <laughs> nor me. No, I can't. No, I can't. Right, can't jump. Exactly. <laughs> right. So the idea that that scripture doesn't say things like right. things, yeah. dunking a basketball right. or becoming an accountant. I'm never going to become an accountant, I right. assure you, okay? <laughs> so the idea that, that that scripture means I can do all seasons right. through Christ who strengthens me makes that scripture that. make so much sense. <laughs> right. That's kind of what we're talking about, revealing the Hebrew Absolutely. connection to most of us who spend all of our time in the New Testament. Well, You're you know unveiling yeah. and our hearts are going to burn within us. What I love that. about it is that no matter how well you know the Bible, I love to hear how Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. Yeah. Just you can't get tired of that. I, I don't. That. No, and, and I think one of the great things about it is that really it's about transformation, but it's also about hope. Yes. You know, hope is the belief that your future is going to be better than your past. Yes. The ultimate hope is the blessed hope. It's Jesus, right? Hope yeah. is found in a person. Yeah. But part of hope is understanding that God is in the details mm. and he is controlling and working yes. out all things according to his master plan. Yes. And when you learn to see the connections in the scriptures, it's like, wow, those aha moments. And you're like overwhelmed because you're like, God, literally every detail, every letter he's bringing to fulfillment in the person of Jesus. And if he is that particular and that specific mm -hmm. and that in the details, that means he's also concerned about the details of my life. Yes. And he's going to bring every promise that he's made to me and to you to pass. Beautiful. We're discussing mysteries of the Messiah. Rabbi Jason Sobel, you're, uh, you mentioned earlier in the broadcast that you were Jewish. Yes. <laughs> you are messianic believing Jew. That's right. So Jesus is the Messiah. Absolutely. And you have accepted that. Yes. As a Jew, yes. you're messianic. Yes. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> just wanted to clarify that for somebody that just tuned in and saw your hat you and just thought we were talking to go. a Jewish guy. Okay. So uh, earlier... You said something in, in back in the in the green room. A lot of us wonder, you know, why Jesus and a cross? Why, uh, you know? So you were explaining the that to me back in the green room. Let's yeah. start there. Let's let's get one of these mysteries out of the way. Yeah, I love it. It's it's the mystery of the tree. Okay. 
you know, the cross is a symbol of Christianity. But the question is, of all the ways Jesus could have died, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Obviously, God had to have a bigger plan or purpose for that. To understand that, you have to understand the mystery of the tree. You have to go back to the very beginning, to the opening chapters of Genesis. Okay. How did sin enter the world? We stole from the tree. Okay. So how are we going to deal with that? God deals with it. He puts back on the tree for you and me, Jesus on the cross, because the cross is literally a tree. We stole from the tree. God puts back on the tree to make a restitution, to make a repair so that we can find freedom and transformation. And what's amazing about that is that the tree is in a garden. Where is Jesus buried? In the garden tomb. Mm. So he's literally, it be, the fall happens in the garden. The resurrection happens in the garden. Mm. They mistake him as a gardener, <laughs> right? I mean, it's all, because he's the second Adam. It's all going back from beginning to end right there. And what's even, and of course there's more because Hebrew is alphanumeric. So Hebrew. What does that mean? Yes, I'm going to tell you. Got it. Okay, Hebrew Sorry. alphanumeric, letters are written with numbers. So there's no numbers in the Bible. So like we have Roman numerals, there's no Roman numerals in the Bible. So if you want to say open to chapter one of your Bible in Hebrew, verse one, you'd have to say open to Perak Aleph Aleph. Chapter one, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph, verse one Aleph. So that means every word of the Bible has a numeric value. And oftentimes these numerical values give deeper meaning and insight into the scriptures. Okay. And this is one of those cases. So the numerical value of the tree in Hebrew, ha'etz, has the same numerical value of the word curse in Hebrew. Because the curse came when we stole from the tree. The curse was reversed when Jesus was put back on the tree to break the curse in our lives and restore God's blessing and that's just, I just, it just blows my mind. And there's so much more there. I want to say thank you to both of you for giving me the opportunity to do this TV series with you. I am so excited. I mean, TBN has such a huge impact around the world globally. And so the opportunity to be with you today and for you to partner to bring this TV series. I just want to say really, Toda Roba, thank you Beautiful. so much. Toda Roba to you too. <laughs> Got it. Glory to God. So, shalom, y'all. Shalom, uh, y'all. Hey, so uh, go for it. More yeah, mysteries. So, so another mystery is really the mystery of the sixth day. Okay. Right, so for Christians, Easter is such a huge, significant time of the year. And really, right, Good Friday. But why is it so significant, right? God is in every deal. That's the thing we have to, God is intentional. Nothing is done by accident. Everything is done on purpose. So if Jesus has to die on a Friday, and that's Good Friday, of all the days he could have chose to die, why is that day chosen? And again, we have to go back to the beginning and understand the mystery of the sixth day. Okay. Six is the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. Six is the number of the physical universe. You have north, south, east, and west, up and down. So the physical world is connected to six. But of course there's more. And that is that in Jewish thought, man actually 
stole from the tree on the sixth day. And as so the fall happens on the sixth day. So Jesus is the second Adam. He comes to reverse the fall, right? And so when he does his first miracle of water into wine, which we talk about in the new TV series, because in The Chosen, there's the miracle of the water to wine, chapter two. He does it with six stone pots. Why six stone pots? Because he's restoring, he's reversing the curse and restoring the blessing. Okay, so when Jesus dies, he has to die on the sixth day of the week because that's when the fall occurred in the very beginning and to restore the th- everything that was lost in the Garden of Eden. But of course, there is still more there because in Hebrew, the number six is written with the letter Vav. So Vav in Hebrew is the way that you write the number six. The first place the Hebrew letter Vav occurs in the entire Bible is in Genesis chapter one, verse one. In Hebrew, Genesis 1, Bereshit, Bara, Elohim, Eta, Shemaim, Aretz, has seven words in it because it's connected to the seven days of creation. The sixth word of Genesis 1, 1 begins with the letter Vav, which is the conjunction and. So the letter Vav, and God created the heaven, Vav, six, earth. Vav is the letter that connects heaven and earth. When mm-hmm. we sinned in the garden, we broke the connection between heaven and earth. And that's why Jesus has to die on the sixth day because he's come to restore that connection. And literally the vav is in the shape of a nail or a hook, which is what went through his hands. Wow. Wow, love it. So that's what the series is about that's coming to TBN February 8th is these kind of connection pieces uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Keep going. Yeah, Somebody no, else. So the, the, your, this, your catchphrase, by the way, is, but there's more. But there's yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's yeah. more. So keep going. Yeah, so the series gives is this type of teaching. The type of teaching that is in the book uh, is the type of teaching that you experience in the, in the series, except the book goes, is, goes deeper because obviously there's hundreds of pages right. versus right. A, right. An, an episode. Yeah. But, you know, another amazing mystery is the mystery of the blood. Okay. So we all know that there's power in the blood. But here's what's amazing, as I was studying and God was revealing this to me, is that when Moses comes to redeem the children of Israel out of Egypt, what's the first plague he brings on Egypt? He turns the water into blood. blood. Well, of all the plagues that could have been the first, why this one? What's interesting, the Hebrew word for blood is dam. Like, I just don't give a dam. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the word dam. Excuse the, my inner Jerry Seinfeld, forgive yeah, exactly. me. Forgive me. Yeah. Every Jew's a comedian, yeah, so, you exactly. know, it's part of our history and heritage. <laughs> so the word dam in Hebrew has a numerical value of 44. Okay. Why is that important? Because the numerical value of the phrase elechad, one God, equals 44. So what it was communicating is that oh the Egyptians worshipped many gods. They had a god of this and a god of that. Turning the water into blood was to show there's not many gods. There is only El Echad, one god, the god of Abraham, the god of Isaac, and the god of Jacob, right? They worshipped idols. The numerical value of the phrase Adonai Chai, the Lord lives, also has the numerical value of 44, 
because the Lord, he was trying to communicate to Pharaoh that their idols are dead, but he's living. The numerical value of the word for lamb in Hebrew has the value of 44. Wow. So why is this so significant? Because the mystery of the blood, because when Yeshua, Jesus, comes to perform the first miracle in John chapter 2, he turns the water into wine. Of all the miracles he could have performed, why is the first one the water into wine? Because biblically, the Messiah was to be the greater than Moses. Moses was the greatest prophet and redeemer of the Old Testament. So the prophets say that the Messiah was going to be a greater than Moses. So he turns the water into wine because he doesn't come to bring death, but he comes to bring life that we might have it more abundantly. Wine is the symbolism of the kingdom. The mountains will drip with sweet wine, all these passages about the new wine. So he's declaring he's the greater than Moses with the same type of miracle that Moses performed, but to communicate to us that he comes to bring life and that we don't have to live out of the lack but we can live out of the overflow in him. And we talk about this in the Chosen series that we did with you, is that one of the amazing things is that the miracle doesn't happen until everything runs out. Mm. Oftentimes, mm. We have, God has to allow everything mm. to run out mm. so wow. we know that he is the source. Yes. It's oftentimes we have to come to an end of ourself, end of our resources, end of our abilities. That's when God shows up and does the miracle. Mm. It's beautiful. I love that. So what you're saying is life is more abundant with wine. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you said it. Choose like a little wine, like a little wine. Okay. So uh, mysteries of the Messiah, you're breaking down, you're bringing the Old Testament to us. You've done that in a new series right here on TBN on the 8th of February. Okay. What about Nazareth? You will be called a Nazarene. Oh, yes. That's a... Uh... That's, that's a very significant uh, messianic prophecy. The interesting thing about that, and it is actually kind of a mystery, because there's actually no direct prophecy in the Hebrew scriptures where it says that he will be called a Nazarene. So scholars have debated, was there a mistake? What does it really mean? So the question is why? Well, it's interesting. The Hebrew word for Nazarene or Nazareth comes from the word Nazareth. Okay, Nazareth or the word Netzer. Okay, so actually the prophet Isaiah in chapter 11 gives a messianic prophecy. It says a Netzer, a shoot will come forth from the stump of David. And it goes on to say the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. And so one of the names for the descendant of David, the Messiah in Judaism and in the Hebrew scripture is the Netzer, which means the branch. Mm -hmm. Nazareth is an olive branch, literally. Mm -hmm. So Nazareth is the, he's called the Nazarene and born in Nazareth. Even where he's born is important to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 11 that he would be called the branch. And some historically believe that it's called Nazareth, Nazareth, because it was an uh, offshoot of Bethlehem, that Jews from Bethlehem left there and went and settled in the north where it was fertile. And so literally it's a Netzer, it's a olive branch offshoot, it's a shoot off it's an offshoot of Bethlehem. of Bethlehem. And that's why he goes back there. And that's why he's called Netzer, which is one of the messianic titles for the Messiah. Wow. wow. <laughs> you're like an encyclopedia. Like so you're, you're taking the Old Testament 
and viewing Jesus in the Old Testament. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, even the rabbis say everything was written for the sake of the Messiah. This is, this is what the rabbis say. Yeah. Everything was written for the sake of the Messiah. Every letter, every sentence jot points, and tittle. To, a jot and tittle yeah. points to Jesus, the Messiah in some way. I get it. So this is like going to Bible school. <laughs> the, the covenant has right. been replaced by a better covenant, but the writing of the Old Testament is rich, fertile soil to understand more about God's plan for the Messiah. And it, it really it, is revealing Jesus to the Jews. Absolutely. Or should, yeah, or could. To, to, to everyone, yeah. I mean, again, the, old, the, the Hebrew scriptures, what Christians call the Old Testament, is the foundation, right? A lot of people don't even think about it. There was no New Testament when Jesus lived. Okay, mm -hmm. his disciples didn't have the New Testament. They wrote the New Testament. So when they said, when Paul, when Paul writes to Timothy, all scripture is God breathed, what's he talking about? The Old Testament, because there was no fully assembled canon of the New Testament yet. And of course, the New Testament inspired, but they were reading the Old Testament saying, how do we understand how these things point to Jesus? How do we understand him in high definition? How does it point to him? We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. One of my favorite mysteries in the book is the mystery of the broken tablets. Please. Okay. So the question is, Moses goes up Mount Sinai. He comes down. He sees the people committing idolatry, the sin of the golden calf. And what does he do? He smashes the tablets. These tablets were given from heaven literally written by the finger of God. Hmm. And we talk about the finger of God in the TV series for the TVN, Good. all into the meaning of it, and Mary Magdalene, written by the finger of God. You don't just throw away something written by the finger of God that comes down from heaven, right. Right? right? So what do they do with the broken tablets? According to Jewish tradition, the rabbis tell us, the broken tablets are placed with the whole tablets inside the ark. Hmm. Why is that so important? Well, number one, what does it teach us? It teaches us that wholeness comes out of brokenness. Mm. Wow. Brokenness always is going to precede wholeness. Mm. That don't be ashamed of our brokenness. See, God only uses broken people. The world throws away broken things, but God uses broken leaders. You know, I just think of Jacob, right? Don't ever trust a leader that doesn't walk with a limp. Wow. <laughs> right? right? There has to be a level of brokenness, and it's not something we should be ashamed of. It's part of the process of God bringing his blessing into our life. But, of course, it points to Yeshua. It points to Jesus. So the broken tablets point to the first coming. Yeshua, Jesus, at his first coming, like the first set of tablets, was literally broken for us because of our sin. Just like Moses smashed the tablets because of the sin of idolatry, our sins led Jesus, who was the word, just oh like goodness. Moses smashed the tablets that had God's word on it, right? He was the word made flesh. He was smashed and broken for us. What's amazing is Moses comes down and he breaks the tablet on the 40th day. Acts chapter one tells us Jesus ascends into heaven on the 40th day. Whole. Why is that important, right? It's important because the rabbis tell us that when 
the tablets are broken, the letters that God wrote with his finger on the tablets ascended back to heaven. So the letters which form the words ascended back to heaven on the 40th day, and Jesus, Acts chapter 1, ascends the word of God back into heaven on the 40th day. And the second set of tablets is the second coming. When Jesus comes, he's going to make us whole. He's going to make the world whole. He's going to wipe away evil and pain and every tear from our eye and sickness is going to be vanquished. And the kingdom of God is going to be established. But the reality is until that day comes, brokenness is always going to coexist with wholeness like it did in the Ark of the Covenant. Every time the Ark moved, they would hear the broken tablets rumbling with the whole tablets as a reminder of God's grace and forgiveness and second chances. And what this reminds us is that we have to take the broken pieces and give them to the Lord to make them whole. The broken dreams, the broken hopes, the broken sickness in our body, give it to him because Jesus is in the business of bringing wholeness out of brokenness. Beautiful. Rabbi Jason Sobel, you've been breaking down. Uh, for somebody that just tuned in, what the Lord has you capable of doing because you understand not only Hebrew and speak and read and write it. Um, I noticed that some of his notes for tonight's program <laughs> were written in Hebrew, by the way. Um, but you're, you're basically showing us these really interesting connection pieces from Old Testament writings, which even Jewish scholars today say were written for the Messiah. Yes. Now they, some deny Jesus as the Messiah, but written for the Messiah. So what you do would be completely uh, known to a non-believing Jewish rabbi. You yeah. break down and you connect it to Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because Jesus... Yeshua, his Hebrew name, was a rabbi. Hmm. He taught like a rabbi. He studied like a rabbi. His disciples would have been understood. They would have been trained and taught in the type of ways that we're talking about. This is what we're talking about in this book, what we're doing on this show, what we're doing in the, in the TV series is exactly what Yeshua Jesus was doing on the road to Emmaus with his disciples. Love that. He was opening up the scriptures and showing how everything in it pointed to him. Mm. And that's and and that changed their life. Yeah. And you know, and I think part of it has to be the fact that we all know the greatest commandment, which is to what? Love. Love. Right? Love the Lord your God is the first commandment, right? If you want to be a lover of God, you have to be a learner. You can't say you love someone if you don't want to learn continually about them. You should never stop learning about your spouse, right? You should never stop learning about the people that you care about, <laughs> right? It's what keeps the relationship fresh. If we say we love the Lord, we have to continue learning. And the more, you're, the more deeply you're in love with someone, the deeper you're going to want to understand them and know the different aspects about who they are. Mm -hmm. And that's part of why we wrote Mysteries of the Messiah, because we want people to fall, fall more in love with Jesus, fall more in love with the Word, and continue the journey to go deeper, because it's transformational. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, look, I 
have my finger open to a couple of things. Uh, Messiah in the desert, Messiah at Pentecost, Messiah our Passover, uh, the story of Ruth and Boaz. I mean, there's... Where, oh, where tell do you... about that one. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. okay. So chapter 11, the Messiah in the love story of Ruth and Boaz. Oh, my goodness. There is, there is so much there. I mean, obviously, most people are familiar with the story of Ruth and Boaz. But part of the, part of the mystery in the story that people oftentimes don't get is, you know, here is this Moabite woman, Gentile. Here is Boaz... Uh, this from the tribe of Judah living in Bethlehem, right? The two of them come together and they wind up birthing the line of David. Mm. And the reason why that's so significant is that in the genealogy of Jesus, there's four women. Mm. Well, you didn't put women in genealogies in the first century. And here you have not only four women, you have four women and what do they all have in common? They're all Gentile women. What's the significance? It takes Jew and Gentile together in relationship to birth of the Messiah. And in the same way, it's going to take Jew and Gentile together in relationship. It's what we represent here to birth the kingdom of God as it is in heaven. But of course, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, there's more. And we get into the, the it's crazy stuff about the number six and how it ties back to the Vav. And, but one thing I want to mention in relationship to this is part of this is what we call the mystery of the Jesus code. Okay. And I know you've done several things about codes and they're awesome. But what's Were really, they accurate? <laughs> they probably they're, weren't, they're, huh? They're, 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 listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> it's all good. Wait, you're laughing a little too no, hard. No, it's I, good. I have it's a feeling good. that, okay. No, no, it's all good. Tell me later. It's all good. So the idea is this, is that the Jesus code. So not only is Hebrew alphanumeric, but Greek is alphanumeric. Okay. So the two languages that God chose to write the Bible in are alphanumeric, where letters and numbers are interchangeable. And I think just as an aside, the reason why that's so significant is when God created the world, he spoke the world into existence. There's some skeptics out there that might say, that's just myth, mm-hmm. right? We, we know scientifically that mm-hmm. creation is mathematical. But God creates the heavens and the earth. If letters and numbers are interchangeable, the words form the basis of the spiritual structure of creation. It says in the New Testament, he holds all things together by his words. But the natural, physical element of his creation, when God was speaking the words, because they're interchangeable with numbers, he was creating the mathematical structure of creation with those words as well, because the two are interchangeable. Okay. Right? So, so, he, so Jesus, is, when Jesus in Greek adds up to 888. Why is that significant? Well, Ruth and Boaz give birth to the line of David. David is the eighth son of Jesse, okay? But there's more, okay? <laughs> eight is the number of new beginnings. Eight is the number of the supernatural. It's a number of the kingdom. Seven is the completion of this world, the natural world. God rests on the seventh day, the Sabbath, the Shabbat. But it's the number of resurrection. So when Jesus rises from the dead, he rises on what day? The eighth day. Mm. He dies on the sixth day, the day man fell, the day God finished the work of creation. 
He's in the tomb on the sixth day. He rests on the seventh day, just like God rested from the work of creation in the very beginning. And then he rises on the eighth day, Sunday, which is also the eighth day and the first day of the week, because he's come to give us a new beginning, supernatural breaking into the natural. When you turn the number eight on its side, what does it form? The number of infinity. It's the infinite breaking into the finite, okay? And there's much more with the number eight, but here's what's really cool. And Jesus' name adds up to 888, new beginning, infinity, supernatural, resurrection, son of David, the Messiah. Okay, but there's more. (laughs) Because just like 666 is the number in the code that represents Satan, 888 is actually a code throughout the Hebrew scriptures that point to the Messiah. Mm. So Isaiah, it says in Isaiah, right? It says, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Pelioates, Aviad, Father of Eternity, El Gibor, Mighty God, Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace. That phrase in Hebrew his name shall be called, and those names add up to guess what? Mm-hmm. Eight, eight, eight. Wow. But there's more. In that verse, if you look at every eighth Hebrew letter from beginning in that verse, from every eighth Hebrew letter in that verse, and you add up every eighth Hebrew letter, it adds up to guess what? Eight, eight, eight. Wow. <laughs> and there's other, we talk about in the book, there's in the mysteries inside, there's other key messianic prophecies. Some of the big ones all add up to or parts of them that add up to 888. So, so it's interesting, right? Because Satan is 666, Antichrist 666, Jesus is 888. If you subtract 888 from 666, you get 222. You don't have to be a math scholar, right? <laughs> 222 is the numerical value of the word Behor, firstborn. My goodness. Because Jesus is God's firstborn who comes to bring salvation and redemption and change our life. Wow. <laughs> Leave us with a great mystery here. We've got about five minutes left. Uh, we've talked about everything we need to talk about. Uh, thank you for what you do. Yes. Uh, but give us, leave us with, with something that you want to leave us with in regard to mysteries of the Messiah. Yeah, I think a great... Uh, final mystery to kind of explore is going back to the very beginning, to the very back to creation. God creates the world and it's formless and void. And one of the things that God has really showed me or the way that you can, another translation, chaos and waste. And one of the things the Lord showed me is that God is in the business of creating out of the chaos, okay. which is really good news because there's been a lot of, there's a lot of chaos in our world today. And the question is, how do we deal with the chaos? And we talk about that in the first chapter of the book. And one of the interesting things is that the numerical value of the phrase chaos is 430. I thought you were gonna say 2020. No, no, (laughs) 430. But 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 what I think about about, interesting about 2021 is that the one of 2021 around the Hebrew calendar 5781 I think ties back to the one of the first day of creation, which is preceded by the chaos. So chaos is what precedes the first day of creation, mm-hmm. which is, I think, ties into the 20, 
21 aspect of what it is. Well, it must carry over about. a little bit because <laughs> the capital issue, like a few days ago, that was kind of yeah. chaotic. So, was, I yeah, just, well, yeah, of course. I okay. think there's so, but I think because of the fall, God brought order out of chaos, but the fall brought chaos back into the world. Okay. Right? And so how do, how do we deal with the chaos? One of the ways to deal with the chaos is 430 years Israel was in Egypt. And then God brings them to Mount Sinai and he gives them the Ten Commandments, God's word. Mm. God's word is key to overcoming the chaos because in the very beginning of creation, how did God deal with the chaos? God spoke to combat the chaos and said, let there be light. So his word brought forth light that stopped the chaos, brought order and blessing. And God's word connected to the number 430, the Greek word namas in for law equals 430. So the word of God, which is also a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path, ties back to the idea of removing and taking away the chaos to once again bring order into our lives, which is so important. To Confirming the fact that it's not going to be somebody from the left or the right, a donkey or an elephant that's going to solve no. chaos. It's God's word that's going to solve chaos. Is that true? God, yes. It's, it's, it's the word of God in the person of Messiah. He is key to the chaos. Thank our you, our salvation is not in a political party. Our hope is not in a particular president. Our hope is in Yeshua Jesus. He is the one who brings order out of chaos and blessing into our life. And I think that's what God's wanting to do. He wants to bring order out of chaos, out of order. He wants to bring alignment. When there's order and alignment, that's where the fullness of his blessing flows into our lives. Pray that blessing over this audience yeah. as we say goodbye tonight. Yeah. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, I declare that the chaos has to go and the order is going to come, that God is going to use the chaos that has been in your life, mm. the chaos that has been in our world. God creates out of the chaos. He is the one who is in control even of the chaos. He is king in the midst of the chaos. And we declare the chaos has to go. Order is coming. Alignment is coming. Blessing is coming in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. He is bringing about shalom. He is bringing about peace, nothing missing, nothing broken in the name of Yeshua. And I pray this ironic high priestly blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. In the name of Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.